0: Our passage this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 65, verses 17 through 25. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be a gladness. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be the offspring of the blessed of the Lord and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord.
1: Good morning, my name is Bill Smith. I'm one of the pastors here at Renewal Mainline. And as you might be able to tell, I'm not at CoLab this morning with the rest of the team. Instead, this is one of the rooms in my home. One of the guys on our son's soccer team at school came down with COVID, which he unintentionally passed along to a number of the other guys. One of whom is our son, after which we found out after he had already come home and subsequently passed along to the rest of us. You know, we're just sort of doing our part contributing to herd immunity at this point. All kidding aside, we're doing very well at this point. We're all in various stages of recovering and we are very, very thankful that it was a mild case. Please don't let that fool you into thinking it's not a big deal. We just heard word this morning from friends of ours whose relatives are having a very difficult case very dangerous kind of a thing. And so at this point, we're quarantining as a family until we're sure that we are not contagious. And so I'm here, not at CoLab, and will be for several of the next services. Now, I need you to do something right now that's gonna be really hard. I need you to take everything that I just said, and I want you to put it into a box. And then I want you to close the lid on the box and put the box over on the shelf. If you have to, you can open the box up later this afternoon. But we have much more important things to talk about right now as a church we've been studying through the book of isaiah through the advent season we're going to continue that teaching series this morning although very briefly the passage that luke just read talks about the future world that god is going to create and i want to start by asking why why would god tell us about the future We can't do anything to make it happen. Most of us have too much on our own plates to worry about right now. Why bother telling us about things that are going to happen in the future? And if you ask it that way, you realize, actually, that was the question for Isaiah's day as well. We are in the same boat as they were. We live in the now, not the then, just like they did. So why bother them? Why bother us with then, with the future, when we've all got enough to do now? There are a couple different answers to that question. First, telling us about the future gives us hope when everything in our world seems dark. It helps us remember that life here is not all that there is. The personal suffering, societal upheaval, natural disasters, those are not the last word on this world. The last word is that God has promised a future for us and for this world, and we have confidence in that future. Why? Because what he promised the people in Isaiah's day darkness of their day, that there would be a coming Messiah, that came true. And so we believe the rest of that promise as well, that we have a future that's coming. And the taste of that future now helps us in our own sorrows. Tim Keller put it really well when he wrote, while other worldviews lead us to sit in the midst of life's joys, foreseeing the coming sorrows, Christianity empowers its people to sit in the midst of this world's sorrows, tasting the coming joy. And that's important. You need to taste the coming joy if you're going to handle your present sufferings well. Knowing that that future joy is guaranteed makes it easier to handle the pain of the present. That's an important part of why God tells you the future. But I'm going to argue it's not the most important reason. If it was, then God could have ended after verse 17 when he said, for behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered. come into mind. That one verse would have been enough to give you hope for the future in the middle of your sorrows, but God didn't end there with verse 17. Instead, he goes on to give you a sense of what that future world will be like. So he tells you in verses 19 to 20 that there will be no more weeping or distress, no more lives cut short, no more sin. People will be totally, completely happy. He goes on to tell you, verses 21 to 22, that people will be totally content. They'll enjoy their hard work, their hopes, their dreams for themselves and for their families. are not going to be stolen, not going to be ruined. And he tells you, verses 24 to 25, the people will be at peace with God and with the rest of the world. The curse that you were born into and that you live under will be completely gone. All things will be new, so new that the former things will be forgotten. God gives you hints and details about what that future world's going to be like, which make you ask why. Why not just end after verse 17? And the answer is because, in some very real sense, as much as that future involves you, it's not ultimately all about you. God doesn't give you all those details so that it orients you to the future, He gives you all of those details so that He orients you to the future maker. What do I mean by that? Look at the beginning of verse 18. It's a command. Be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. Here's your command, something that you have to do. It's an obligation that you have. Be happy. That's what your God says. Rejoice. And not just for a little while, but forever. Be happy forever. Rejoice forever. But don't wait until forever gets started to begin that rejoicing. This is something that you start now that goes into forever, starts in